0: Hello, and welcome to Episode 3 of Granite Town Media's Inside Milford, a podcast spotlighting the inner workings of our local government here in Milford, New Hampshire. My guest today needs no introduction. Gary Daniels is a longtime Milford resident and public figure, having served in many capacities as a volunteer and elected official at both the state and local levels. Uh, Rare indeed is the local March election where we don't find Gary standing outside holding his sign or someone else's sign in the Rain, the snow, the dark, whatever. Um, welcome, Gary. Thank you for joining
1: us at inside Milford. Morning, Tim, and thank you for, for the invitation to be here this morning.
0: Great. Now as, as you know, we, we talked a little bit before. Kind of the goal of this is we want to open a window on local government, kind of give, give the, the citizens a chance to see uh, how the town works by interviewing elected officials such as yourself. Uh, department heads, uh, folks like that, just to kind of give people that insight that sometimes they're missing. Uh, you obviously have quite a resume. Uh, I wanna, we'll, hopefully we'll get to it all, we'll see where the conversation goes, but I wanted to start with Selectman, because that's obviously the the uh, most important one from our perspective right here. Um, so how would you, obviously Selectman is I'm pretty sure it's a New England thing. I don't think that Selectman is, uh, you know, across the country there's different forms of government, but it, I'm pretty sure Selectman is a New England thing, or maybe it's even an Old England thing. Um, but how would you describe what a Selectman is and what, what the, what the uh, job entails?
1: A yeah, Selectman, uh, I think you're right that it, it tends to be more of a New England uh, thing. They have different forms of government. Uh, according to people I've talked to throughout the country. Uh, but a selectman really is is just in charge of the overall affairs of the town that they represent.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, you are the top of the food chain, per se, right? I mean, you, you don't report to anybody. Correct. Except the voters. Except yeah, the
1: voters. Except, uh, except the voters.
0: Okay, so how many how many selectmen are there in Milford? We have five.
1: And what are the terms? Uh, they're three, three years each. Okay. They're, they're staggered, so uh the two people elected uh for each of two years, and then there's one year where one person is up for election okay now what
0: what if any is the statutory definition so for, from the state point of view um, what is the selectment and and I say that because I know. In various laws and statutes, there's different uh, powers are granted to the governing body. Some of the powers are granted to the legislative body and, and, and that sort of thing. Where do the selectmen fall in that?
1: Um, uh, RSA 41.8 talk, talks about the election of, of selectmen. And, and through, throughout there, the, the whole duties of the selectmen are, are interdispersed mm-hmm. uh, through there. But essentially, you know, we're, we're, our job is to look out for the welfare. hmm of the town that's why, why we're uh, elected our main job is the budget uh, and uh, have to remember that our, our job is not to come up with a budget uh, our job is to devise a budget that then we recommend mm-hmm. to the people and it's the people who, who ultimately decide whether uh, that's a budget we go with or not
0: mm-hmm. yeah I want to get into the, the the budget process itself in, in, a, in a little bit. Um, so what, what sort of, if any, oversight is there? I mean, obviously there's the voters, you know, if you, if they don't like what you do and they vote you out, is there any other oversight? I mean, obviously you have to abide by the law, like all of us.
1: I was going to say that I think the, the, the statutes mm-hmm. are really, really are governing things, uh, things like non-public sessions, that there are, you know, specific reasons that we can go into non-public Uh, Session, We can't just go in because we want to.
0: Okay, so that's a good point because I was going to ask you about your meetings. So how often do you meet?
1: Uh, We meet most of the time biweekly on the second and fourth Monday of the month. Okay, so special circumstance. And and if there is a fifth Monday of the month, we have that fifth Monday forum, which has no agenda, but it's just an opportunity for people to come in and talk to us about whatever they wanted. Uh, This is something we started a number of years ago, Just to try to connect with the the, uh, residents a little bit better and listen to their concerns or or their comments. Okay,
0: so so that's the fifth money form. Your regular meetings—they're all open to the public. They're all right here, and they're also broadcast uh, live on Granite Town Media. Um, uh, You had referred to earlier the non-public session. So so. Okay, so if, if there's a quorum of the board of selectmen, you have to meet in public. It's it's in the right to know law, except the case of uh, non-public sessions. Can you talk a little bit more about that and when when you
1: can and you cannot go into a non-public session. Sure, there there are primarily five reasons uh, that you would go into non non-public, and it's all under RSA ninety one a three two and there's a through e uh, the uh, the statutes that that guide that. Uh, a is if you're uh, talking about uh, promoting, disciplining, uh, something to do with performance of an employee. Uh, B is the hiring of employees. C is reputation. Uh, D, uh, I'm trying to think of what, what D is. I... There's, there's land e, acquisitions, e? one of them. Okay, then that right? would be the land acquisition, I guess would be D, and E is
0: legal. Okay, well, that... that... That makes sense because there are uh, those things you just talked about. You don't want to do in public, obviously. Correct. You know, you, you get in some situations where um, it, it can get di- the school board's going through a lot of this right now, where you can get these dicey situations, and and it's a fine line to decide whether or not you you know the public should be involved and the public should not be involved.
1: Yeah, interesting. Left like on the on the reputation side of uh, things, we can go into non-public uh, for reputation, somebody's reputation. Uh, However, there is an exception in there, because if you're talking about the reputation of a board member, that is not allowed. Mm -hmm. That has to be kept uh, in uh, public session. Uh, The other exception to that, if you will, and and it's kind of silent, but it's been recognized uh, legally that if we are in negotiations, uh, we can go in to a private meeting, but it's considered a non-meeting meeting. That's negotiations with the labor union. That's non-collective right? bargaining. Collective
0: bargaining, not Correct. not just negotiation with the landowner or Correct. something. Yeah, I remember that myself. Um, okay, so what are the commitments? so you got the meetings. What are the commitments? If you know, if you're talking to somebody that's considering running for the board, um, what other commitments do you have other than the twice a month meetings?
1: Okay, well, we have uh, probably I'm going to say you know, somewhere around fifteen or twenty different. Uh, subcommittees, commissions, things like that uh, so that we are kept abreast of what's going on. Uh, we we kind of divvy those those committees up uh, so that there is a board representative to each uh, commission or committee that we'll either we'll either track through the, the minutes or um, I think for the most part, uh, as board members we try to attend those meetings. Uh, for instance, I, I'm on the recycling. Uh, committee as well, so I, w- I will attend that. Um, a lot of times, it's just to to guide the conversations or to bring to those committees or commissions um, um, initiatives that the board may want to pursue. For instance, uh, on on recycling, years ago we we came up with a recycling ordinance, so we asked the re- the recycling uh, committee to to come up with an ordinance, which you know we have uh, amended a few times now. Um, the whole uh, change of the office at the transfer station was actually something that the recycling committee looked at and said, we really need to do this because it's in really bad shape. You're talking about the building there. The building, right. yeah, the, the building that, uh, that Tammy works out of, where the waste station, if you will. Mm-hmm. And um, we, we brought that to the board and said, you know, this really is in bad shape. It's not good for the health of the employees. Uh, uh, it's just um, broken down. So uh, we, we got that going. We got the approval of the selectmen to go forward with that. And uh, uh, we did, you know, an all-out initiative to try to get a new building, which fortunately the voters did vote in a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's
0: interesting, since you brought up recycling, I have a
1: whole whole card here. I want to talk about that. So how is... um
0: how is recycling going? Is how, what's the market like? The, I, I read in the papers that China no longer takes a lot of recycles, so that I imagine that has had an impact on the market.
1: it It, it has. I mean we we've always taken what uh, uh, number one and number two recyclables. Uh, one one through one through sevens are the normal numbers that that are used. Uh, there doesn't seem to be much of a market for the three through seven. Um a lot of the towns that have single stream will collect all of those, but even then you hear stories about how maybe these things aren't really being recycled mm-hmm. they are, they're collected but then they're put into the landfill, which completely um you know is is against what you're trying to accomplish uh yeah the whole whole uh thing with China not taking recyclables um uh, has put a has put you know, a challenge, I guess, to the whole recycling uh, area. I understand that Indonesia is probably uh, the next largest one, mm-hmm. um, but also we we look over there and we see that they also seem to have some of the largest problems with plastic going into the oceans, th- things like that too. So uh, it is a it is a challenging area. Um, we were just talking this last Tuesday night. And we understand that there are a few places in the area that are taking the number five, uh, plastic to, re- what, to recycle.
0: What's five? Do you know? Five, yeah,
1: if you think of a like your your orange medicine bottle. Okay. It's kind of a hard yeah. hard orange. Uh, th- those are the number five, which we don't take in Milford. Mm-hmm. But we understand that uh, places like uh, Whole Food, Target, uh, are now taking.
0: Oh, interesting. Now, do we still? I know we used to. Um, i guess market's the right word market the materials ourselves we would collect, we would collect it and we'd sell it as opposed to i'm sure you remember 10 15 years ago now uh, the town was considering joining a cooperative and would just ship it off and then do everything we don't do anything like that now right everything's still local
1: yeah everything is we collect it locally and uh, our, our director out at the transfer station checks every time there is a load to go out because uh, there are some things that we can sell and we make. You know, I think it's around right around 150 thousand a year on, on recycling, oh. uh, and that's everything combined. Because I mean, it's not just the plastics and and, and the uh, the cans, but also uh, metal uh, things like that. Uh, but but she will go and and check to see where we can get the best price, and that's where we we take those types of things. Uh, things like glass, uh, we used to be able, to, for those who have been in town for a while, you used to be able to take porcelain and uh, things like sinks, and That, but that now has backed off, and so that the only thing that they're taking in, in the form of glass right now uh, is bottles and in mm-hmm. jars. Uh, so you can't take something like a vase right, or a, right. pa- a pane glass. and. We, while we don't get money for that, uh, it saves us money by separating that because we can we can get rid of it at a lesser price than if it was in regular trash. Mm-hmm. Right. Is there? Um, I always hear
0: talk recently and in past years of of uh, things like requiring residents to buy their own bags, clear bags. I've heard that. I've heard. Um, yeah possibly banning I guess this wouldn't be a recycling thing, but banning plastic bags in in Milford. it has anything you know, does the recycling committee get involved in that at all?
1: Uh, they've talked about those initiatives. Um, I think you know there was some initiatives initiatives going on at the state level uh, that did not go through. Um, but you know personally, I, I think the main thing that we we need to focus on is education and and to show people how things can be done and one of the things we've actually talked about is having a video made through Granttown media uh to give you something to do uh, and uh take a tour of the transfer station and and show people where things are are deposited i mean we're working on getting signage for the transfer station now to make it clearer mm-hmm. as to where different things get deposited and um maybe just some sort of a, a gauge out there as to how much we're recycling and, and the money that we're saving by recycling.
0: Yeah, no, that that's a great idea. Um, I've always found it interesting that, I, I guess it's like anything else in life, as people get used to things, it no longer, you know, they get used to it. It's no longer a thing. And I think the recycling that we do in Milford right now, for the most part, it's become second nature to people. You know, just you just do it because you, and, um and it goes back to the whole education thing. The more, you, uh, the, more you, the citizens know, the better, the better they're
1: off. Yeah, it is, it is amazing on some things. I mean, I, I use one of those storage tubs mm-hmm. to, to recycle paper, and it, it's amazing how, how fast that fills up. Oh, it, it's crazy.
0: No, I know. It's crazy. I, I have, uh, under my desk in my office, I have two buckets. I have a tr- trash bucket and a recycle bucket. I mean, it's three to one. I empty the recycle three to one, maybe even more. So that's all a good thing. We don't have to uh, ship it all off to Concord. Still goes to Concord, right? The landfill? Do you know? Um,
1: I think I was goes to an incinerator. Okay. Um, Somewhere up there. I'm not sure. I, I leave that to Tammy. Yeah, exactly.
0: Okay, back to the responsibilities of the um, the, the, the board. Um, I believe you're, you're chairman this year, right? That is correct. So, what 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 are the additional responsibilities as chairman? Uh,
1: the the duty of the chairman really is to run an orderly meeting, mm-hmm. uh, to make sure that the statutes are followed, uh, to make sure that uh, each member has the ability to uh, speak their opinion, and, and um, likewise with the public, uh, to make sure that they have the the. Opportunity to have input into the process as well. So um, you know, have to remember. I mean, I'm still just one vote.
0: So you have no no additional power. Like you wouldn't no. break a tie. You can't break a tie.
1: Um, well, actually, on a three to two board, I could. But
0: <laughs> well, but not if you were part of the tie. In other words, if there was a if there was a four if there was if, um, it, if, it, yes, if if yes if only four people yeah. there and it was two to two you can not
1: I cannot break you it you don't get two votes that that's okay. that is correct no there, there is no additional uh power to the chair um there's extra extra duties like uh working with the town administrator to set up the agenda mm-hmm. um in in carrying out that agenda um attending you know meetings to be informed kept informed of the things that are happening in in town um but you no know, all, all in all the the primary primary purpose of the chair is just to run an orderly meeting
0: so you had mentioned before about the public and um, interactions with the public, and, and then the, when you mentioned the agenda just now, it made me think so if what what are the what are the selectmen's interactions with the public? I know you had mentioned the fifth money forum, and what if citizens have complaints what if I mentioned the agenda. What, what, if, what if I wanted to get on the agenda? There's a big pothole in my street, and I want to I I talk to the selectman about it. Can I do that? Can I call you and get on the agenda? Is, there, is that permissible? Does it go through you? What's the process for handling complaints? Sure. I,
1: uh, citizens can get a hold of any, any one of the five of us. Um, they could also count, call the town administrator. Or, or DPW, and mm-hmm. you know, as far as potholes are concerned, uh, I know that there's something on the website yeah. where you can go in and uh, uh, note to the DPW where the pothole is, and uh, they take care of that. I mean, I've done done that, done that myself. Uh, what I try to encourage people is, is to use the chain of command on this. I mean, if you brought an issue like that to the board, uh, what we would normally do is just hand it down, to To the town administrator, who would give it to DPW. Mm-hmm. So a lot of things have already been set up so that the residents can have direct access to the people who are going to be doing the jobs, like the pothole. You know, contacting DPW mm-hmm. uh, directly. If if you continue to have a problem with something like that, then you might go to the town administrator. You know, try to try to use the the board of selectmen as a last resort, I guess. Um, but then again. I know that many people feel that they know the the bo- uh, the people on the board and so they'll go to them directly and that's that's fine too. I mean we try to work as a team here but uh the selectmen aren't going to be the ones outfilling the pothole. Uh we will we'll try to get that message on to somebody who does that day-to-day right. operation. Yeah, that's what I
0: was going to say. A, a lot of times people just want to be heard. Yes. Know, they just want they, oh, they just want to give their 15-minute spiel to you and then they're happy. And, and that and that's great. Um, so, what, what is your typical, or do you have day-to-day interactions with with uh, the department heads? Um, do you? I, I I know at one time this was many years ago. Um, each of the selectmen took a department. There was a so there was a selectmen would be the DPW liaison that, that sort of stuff. I don't think you do that anymore.
1: We we don't do that now. Um, encourage the uh, each selectman to. Uh, get out and talk to the department heads to understand what goes on in the department. But uh, as a, a, a managing board, um, we leave the day-to-day activities to the town administrator to to manage. And um, so I don't. There isn't as much interaction with the department heads as there was in the past in the times that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's intentional. Uh, just so that that, that uh, chain of command is, is obvious and the department heads don't feel like they have to answer to the board of selectmen and the town administrator. So do
0: do you as chair or any other selectmen typically attend the town administrator staff
1: meetings? Uh, you- I, I have before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't recently. Okay. And a lot of that depends on, uh, you know, work schedules. Of course. Thanks. To you've been doing this quite a while. <laughs> this, uh, 17 years. 17 years. It's been wow. my 17th year. And
0: that's something. That's something. All right, so that's so, so. let's talk a little bit about you personally, since we've done this if, if, to the extent that you're comfortable with it. So talk a little bit about who you are, like what's your background, where you grew up, and,
1: and okay, that, that, that sort well. of stuff. Um, my family, family mo- uh, moved to Milford. Uh, I started the third grade. Here, um, where were you born? Uh, in Massachusetts, but thankfully my parents got me out of there before I knew I was there. I was born in Massachusetts. Where in Massachusetts were you born? Needham. Needham. Okay. I was Danvers. I was my, a Danvers my, boy. My, gran- my grandparents lived down there. That's
0: where WCVB is, right? Yes. Right. Yes. So you moved up here on year yeah. three.
1: Yeah. So uh, we, we moved to Milford when I was in third grade. I l- lived in Wilton uh, uh, for a year or two prior to that. Uh years later in 1980 i got out of the, well, i graduated from milford high in 72 um, uh, left to go into the service came back in 1980 and bought my parents property so i still have the same phone number as i had in the 3rd grade which wow. makes makes things easy and um, i got involved in uh, politics uh, around 1990 and over the course of the last, uh, well, almost 30 years now, I guess, I uh, have served Milford uh, in five different elected positions. Uh, not only as a selectman, but I was also on the school board for six years, school district moderator for six years, a state representative for 18 years, and state senator for four years.
0: So my well, memory serves me correctly. Weren't you also an MCAA coach?
1: I believe or, or, I was. I, said, yeah, yeah. I, I
0: seem to remember being at some event somewhere and you were you were a guest speaker, and I think you said that you were an MCAA coach. I, yeah,
1: my, my uh my son was playing uh, uh ball at at the time. i had actually forgotten about that. Yes, I did. <laughs> did you coach I was uh don't recall the team, but I don't
0: I, I, I almost I, I can almost remember it because I, I remember your speech, but Good memory. neither neither hand there. So, so where did we, so obviously you you have a great affinity for
1: politics. It, how how did you land into that? Was it just something that's always interested you? Um, no, hadn't really even thought about it. Uh, one of my friends asked me back in 1990, you know, if I'd be interested in running for state rep, and you know they. Invited me to a conference, and I learned a lot about a, diff- a lot about many issues, and uh, decided to give it a try. And I think I was one out of seven candidates running for four seats huh. that year, and got in. And uh, you know, I, I've I've enjoyed the challenges, and I think you know, anytime you're you're uh, elected official, whether that's you know at the selectman level or the state level. One of the things you you have to have an interest in is is taking a look at the quality of life uh, going on around you and uh, figure out how you might be able to uh, add to a solution that will make life better for people.
0: So how how do you do, do you? It's probably an unfair question. Do you prefer the state politics to local politics? I, I, I imagine that apples and oranges, oranges
1: in a lot of ways. Oh, well, you know, Tip O'Neill was right about that. Yeah. Uh, all politics is local. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, you, can, you can get somebody, you know, irate about you know, not cleaning out a swale mm-hmm. near, near the house. Um, I, I think we get uh, probably a lot more personal com- comments here at the local level uh just just because it does get personal people understand that what they're what they're paying in, in property taxes is, is to have things like good roads and you know a good town something that that isn't a problem and so people see that i think more directly in what what they're paying mm-hmm. uh at the state level uh we tended to get uh a lot of feedback about some issues but even many times there, uh, the comments came in the form of form letters, which I always en- encourage people not to do form letters, but, but, but to make your, make your opinion your own. Mm-hmm. I mean, as, a, as a, an elected official, I was always looking for, for people's uh, input and something else that I could add to strengthen an argument mm-hmm. uh, one way or the other, you know, either to support what I was thinking or maybe to change my mind. Because I hadn't thought about something. Yeah, no, I, I, I I'd say the same thing about the selectmen too, though.
0: Yeah, no, no, I agree. I, um, that's one of the um, you know the bad sides to social media and the internet. It's like you get off you get, you know, politicians. Politicians a lot of times encourage you to you know go to this website and add your name to support of this. You know, and all of a sudden you're one of 40,000 people that just click the box. And it's like, well, oh, that's not, I, you know, I, I, I would, I would think that you would rather have, you know, a dozen people call you and tell you their opinion than have a hundred people just. Check a box.
1: Well, I, I've even, I've actually taken the time at times to to go over some of those form letters mm-hmm. and to call the people back. Yeah. And I have found instances where people have said, "Well, oh, no, I didn't write a letter to you." Uh, so it, you know, their name was in a database someplace. They they just uh, ran ran off a bunch of letters and mm-hmm. and sent them out. And sometimes people don't even know that.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So what what are your thoughts
0: on all that on social media and all that in politics? You know, it's it's obviously a double-edged sword. It's great that people can communicate so much easier now. But on the other hand, they communicate so much easier, you know. You know, it's it's it's, it's a
1: tough one. I, I, think. I think I think it's been good in in getting access mm-hmm. uh to to your elected officials. Um but I think the down downside mm-hmm. of it is that sometimes, you know, people make comments out there and then, you know, kind of hi- hide behind the anonymity uh, of it. I mean, I'd, I'd rather talk to somebody face-to-face, and that way if I have questions, you know, for them about something that's said, you're not going back and forth. And, uh, right. again, I, I find that sometimes that the conversation face-to-face is a lot more civil mm-hmm. than, than you see on social media. And that, you know, that... that uh, and And I, that's great, a,
0: and I notice I don't know if it's a, whether it's intentional, but for the most part, the selectmen stay off of Facebook, yeah, as you probably know facebook the, in Milford has a very uh active group and and there's a lot of um a lot of activity on that, yeah, and I well, think it's good it's it's occasionally someone chimes in with a a factual answer to a question that's great, but um, a great example of this actually is um as as you know um we recently did revaluations yes. on the town and a lot of people on Facebook got all up in arms because people translate that to their taxes going up, you know, and as, as you know, it's it's a mathematical exercise. It really has nothing to do with that. And, um, and in fact, we're going to, Marty Noel, the tax, excuse me, the tax assessor is going to be doing a podcast with us next week to address that very thing. But that's a, that's a perfect example of how you know, little misinformation can get out there, and it spreads like wildfire.
1: Yeah, and I'm glad I'm glad you're doing that too, because I mean, I have been contacted. I'm sure you have by by, <laughs> by people who are concerned about you know how how their taxes are going up, and they don't un- understand. So, I think having Marty there uh, to do do that is uh, is a good thing. Uh, I will also say on the social media, the re- residents page in particular. Just because you may not see selectman on there, doesn't mean we're not reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I, I don't get on very often. I mean, if, if somebody makes a comment on there, and I remember there was, there was one about somebody thinking that the motto of the state had changed <laughs> be, because um, tourism was using live free, but it would be like live free in camp, live free in hike. You know, it was the different activities that you could use in recreation. And, you know, it, it, it just started going on for like hundreds of comments. And I just got pretty on. Pretty soon it's your fault. Well, <laughs> no, I, I just got on to point out to people that the state motto was uh, statutorily put in place and could only be changed by the legislature. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just kind of put a stop to to the, the thought that uh, just anybody could go out and change the state motto. Yeah. Exactly. If they wanted to.
0: Okay. So let's see. Back to um – personal a bit what do you like to do in your spare time do you have any hobbies that you it doesn't look sound like you have an awful lot of spare time i don't i
1: really don't have a lot of spare time um and a lot of time you know my spare time is spent just doing things that may enhance my ability to do my other jobs better um once in a while i'll pick up a good book and and read that uh, um do like to get out and get out and travel but uh no for the for the most part uh you know what's your favorite travel destination
0: uh i do recall well, i think you went to virgin because i remember i had taken this vacation the same year or the year before we, you, we, we, went, to the we same went to saint, saint,
1: martin saint martin one yeah. time and, and we, we don't do on some timeshare down in sedona Oh. And, and so it's you know, a very beautiful country uh, down there. So it, it's nice to get away. But then we also have a place up in uh, Lincoln. And so it, it's nice to get up in the mountains as well. Are you a skier? Uh, used to in the past. Uh, haven't done as much lately. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. All right. Let's, let's talk a little
0: bit about Milford, the town of Milford. How would you describe Milford to somebody who's never been here?
1: Uh, Milford is a community of people that are looking for a a good quality of life and, you know, the the freedom to to be themselves. Uh, I've always said that Milford is what it is because of the people here. You know, it's not the Board of Selectmen, (coughs) but... I remember years ago. And I'm going to think maybe back around 2009, 2010. Uh, there was a church in town that put on a a recognition for the volunteers, and in, in town, and there were over a thousand people that were recognized. And I've said this time and time again: is that Milford is what the volunteers make it, and we can't we can't do it as a board of five people or as uh, you know a town employees of 100, 107. Um, but when you get all the people out there and some, you know, some working on with recreation and some some doing gardening and, you know, it comes together as a team. And I think there's a lot of pride that people have in Milford. I mean, we, have, we certainly have a beautiful town. Uh, we've won awards for the, uh, the Main Street uh, portion of town. And uh, we, we've been actually acknowledged by a number of articles by uh, having a beautiful town, so I think it's that that, that uh, idyllic town uh, in, in the country where you you're not city, but you're far. You're not so far away that you can't get what you want.
0: Exactly.
1: Uh, so it's you know it's a nice peace, peaceful place, and you know I really compliment the people for making it that.
0: Is there anything that you would change if you could?
1: Well, I, I know that parking comes up quite often. <laughs> that's, that's uh, further down. <laughs> um, no, I I don't think so. I mean if, if there's change that needs to be made then then it's usually driven by the people um mm-hmm. uh, because they see something that can be made better. And um I don't I don't go out to change the town to make it something different. I think people live in Milford because they like what they see here. That's uh, good. You you've
0: been here a long time though, fifty plus years, right? Fifty years? Yeah, probably getting close to 60. Wow. So uh, what would you say is the biggest change that you've seen? Quite
1: a lot. I've seen, seen, I think the population probably has at least doubled since I first came to town. Um, Certainly business uh, has has come in. Um, A lot more restaurants. A lot of (laughs) growth. I mean, the road that I live on, I think there were five houses on the road. I grew up and wow. now there's numerous branches off them. Uh that the um you know, I, I think the growth has been good. The economy is is good. Uh we seem to have the 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 variety of businesses here where if you need something, they're not too far away. You know, the the supermarkets or the department mm-hmm. stores or things like that. I agree.
0: All right, I'm going to ask you a question I've asked. Well, you're, you're the third podcast. I've asked the same question to the, to the town administrator and the, and the, the um, uh, school administrator, the school superintendent. If money were no object, Bill Gates walked in here with a blank check, and you, you could do just one thing with that, mo- with that money for the town of Milford, what would you do? It could, be, it could be a new building. You could build a bridge over the river, a new department, anything. What would you do with the money?
1: Good question uh or nothing or or are we nirvana right now well i I mentioned parking, and I know other people have mentioned that as well. I think some some of it may go in there. Uh, I don't know how much Bill Gates would be willing to donate <laughs> to milford um, but I think uh also also looking at some of the one time things. That we could do. I mean, if we could, if we were able to pave all of our roads uh, and get that taken care of, uh, MAC base is one of those things. I mean, we're, we're still discussing the, the changes that uh, need to be made, the upgrades to MAC base. So, if you know, if you had a one-time influx of money that could take care of that, um, I'd say pay off our debt. That's
0: a good answer. Say off
1: our debt it would be, it would be wonderful to be debt free It
0: would be although in general milford's
1: we don't have a lot of debt we're not we're not bad yeah. I mean you know um, you know as Thomas Jefferson always said that you know each generation should take care of their own debt, mm-hmm. and you know I'm always concerned about the debt that we're passing on uh, to our to our children and our grandchildren, not only at the local level but you know the county, the state. The federal. Um, so, if, if we could take care of that, I think it would really put us in a nice position. Uh, also, if there are things that we could do that would enable us to operate as a separate town and not depend on the state uh, for the money, uh, that would be good too, because a lot of the decisions we make are driven on the money that comes from the state. And to be independent from that and be able to set our own desti- destiny would be a great thing.
0: No, mm. well, that's a, that's a good answer. So we got three: town administrator wants to build a parking garage, the, uh, the school superintendent wants to build a new high school, you want to pay off five debt. So the, those are, those are three pretty good things. So so that's nice. Um, so now in our remaining time, I thought we'd just get into some of the current issues and kind of give us an update on where things are. And, and when we start with MacBase, because you just mentioned it, um, can you just briefly for the listeners talk about what the issue is? What, what you're trying to solve right now?
1: Yeah, the, the issue really is that the, the equipment we have is old and that uh, of the three towns, Wilton, Milford, and Mont Vernon, um, we all have separate needs for uh, communication. Uh, at least Wilton and Milford have, have dead spots. I mean, normally you try to achieve 90, 95% coverage in, in a town. Monvernon Vernon is probably in a better situation than the other two towns because they're sitting up there on the hill. Uh, they've they've taken some uh, personal steps to take care of their their issues. So they don't they don't necessarily have the same problems that Wilton and Milford does. But we're you know based on uh, some of the surveys, uh, not surveys but uh, studies we've had done in the past. You know we're we're looking at having to spend some some good money to to fix the problem. And that's where where I'm at right now is uh, we have a problem out there. However, it it finally gets achieved. I want our police, our ambulance, our DPW, fire, all of the emergency services. And I guess we'll we'll throw water utilities uh, in there as well, be able to talk to each other Mm -hmm. and, and have that communication because that that spills back into the quality of life, particularly with the emergency services uh, in, you know, if you get a fire at your house, you want to be able to have that communication. If something's happening with the, with the police department, you don't want uh, breaks in the communication where the police can't talk to the people that they, they need to. So we first and foremost, we need to solve the problem. And, you know, the voters voted at the last uh, town meeting to hire a consultant uh, which we are uh, going through. In fact, we're opening the bids on that this afternoon. Uh, that consultant's job would be to put together uh, the, the plan of what equipment is needed to fix our problem. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in negotiations still with Mont Vernon and Wilton, is, and you know we have stated that these negotiations will be public. Uh, and we've had two meetings so far talking about the needs of each town, uh, talking about things in the agreement. We call it the intermunicipal agreement. Uh, so we, we still have some issues that we need to continue discussing. Um, but ultimately the goal is to try to get to a point this year where we would have be able to put something on the the warrant for next year. Um, the board has set communication. I, I think I think we're uniform in that in believing that that is our highest priority this year. So so we're totally focused on that. Totally focused on on trying to solve uh, the problem. But it's been something that's been going on for a long time. Um, we understand that the equipment is old. It fails. It just really needs to to be updated with today's technology. All right. So hidden below the
0: surface of this whole issue is. Not only what you just said, but um, the question of whether or not you want to stay in the in the agreement with the other towns, or essentially go it alone, you know, and maybe contract services out or or whatever it is. Do you have any sense on
1: where we're heading? Heading there? Yeah, I I, and I'm going to take your question because I don't know if it's it's a sense of that we want to stay Mm -hmm. with. I think it's it's really more an issue of looking at the whole the whole project and finding out what is more beneficial mm. for, for the town of Milford. I mean, we, we certainly have had a good relationship with Wilton and Mont Vernon in the past. MacBase Base has been in existence for, I guess, 30 years uh, that we've, uh, we've worked together with them. Um, but, you know, ultimately it, it kind of comes down to uh, not only us, but, I mean, if one of those other towns were to decide they didn't, Feel it was beneficial to that town to be part of Mac-based, then you know there, there's a there's a different portion because mm-hmm. uh, right now we're paying 71 percent of the bill,
0: and uh, and we 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 have two votes. of three we, we
1: we have two votes. Essentially, we can block anything, but we can't push anything that through. Is, that is correct.
0: Which which and an and issue. that
1: would that was some of the discussions in the last the last time we we met is because there was some. Some people who felt that we should have 71% of the vote. Uh, of course, that didn't work well with the other towns um, because they felt that Milford would be running everything.
0: I was going to say, if, if if we had 71%, I'm not saying I don't, I don't think we should, but if we did, that's no different than just running it ourselves because you can do whatever you want.
1: That would that would be correct, I mean, but, but somehow we—, we, we have to kind of weigh in there that, yep, uh, you exactly. know, what do what the voters think mm-hmm. on this? You know, we're paying 71% of the bill. Uh, should we have the ability to push forward something that we think would be beneficial for them uh, without the other towns voting to block? Yep. Um, of course, the other issue is, if you, you know, we, we also would like to get more towns involved. So if another town came in, now <clears throat> we would have to figure out the voting on that. Because you now could have three votes from the other towns with two for Milford.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, you know, exactly. say with, with less than 50%, you could have the other towns run, running the whole thing. So there's a lot to it. Uh, and I think we, we're just trying to go through it, but go through it in an expedient manner in a, in a way that we're taking all things into consideration mm-hmm. and, and looking at what's best for the town of Milford.
0: Right. All right. Let's move on to the town administrator. Um here at Inside Milford, we're proud that we had had our scoop a couple of weeks ago. I know it, this was uh, known internally, but um, when Mark Bender was on our uh, podcast a couple of weeks ago, he kind of let let out that he was strongly considering retiring. Retiring, and we understand that he officially announced it early this week. Yes. So, so what is and and. Good timing. Last night you had a meeting to discuss this, and I, and I watched, watched it on, on Graniteon Media. Um, so what, what is your process going to be to uh, – well, talk, talk about Mark, you know, when's he leaving, and what's, what's your process to replace yeah.
1: him? Mark has, uh, has let us know that he will be retiring on February 20th. Uh, his intent in choosing that day was, was to make sure that we made, made it through the next budget. Uh, Session By by February 20th, basically everything is set. The only thing left to do is to vote Mm -hmm. on the budget. So you've already had your deliberative session and such. Uh, What we tried to do last night in our meeting is to let the voters know the process Mm -hmm. that we're going through in choosing another town administrator. So we have a schedule set out uh, that ultimately we would like to uh, make a choice by the end of the year. Uh, on a new one, but we've we've set up a process uh, in which we will will go through and have rounds of interviews on that. We'll be sending out questions so that we can get re, uh, written responses back, so that we can judge not only the oral responses when they come into v- to interview, but also see their written responses, uh, so that we can look at look at their written communication as well, which is critically important. Also, from a town administrative perspective.
0: Um, so, um, are, is the board going to be conducting all of this? Will you be having uh, a, a search committee uh, involving citizens?
1: We, we will be establishing a search committee mm-hmm. uh, to do this. It will probably be made up of uh, different department heads, uh, HR. There will be some selectmen uh, on, on that uh, committee. And... Um, you know, their job is basically to kind of weed out mm-hmm. uh, the number of applicants. We we hope we get a lot of them so that we have lots to choose from. Um, but ultimately, you know, we'll go from what we have down to probably about uh, a dozen of them and then uh, down to two or three in the end in which the full board will be involved in, in deciding. Because the, the board has the... Uh, as the task of, mm-hmm. of choosing the, the new town manager. Well, that's good so to the hear that you gonna have administrator, other
0: administrator. That you'll have other um, uh, folks involved because, um, as I said, I we had uh, Dr. Heisinger on uh, early this week, and a, as you know, she kind of um, the hiring process for her was not as transparent as some people would have liked, and, and and quite frankly, she's paid a, a cost because of that. So I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned on. On such a thing, and we wouldn't want to, you know, hogtie the new town administrator if um, people question the
1: process. No, I mean, but understand that the process is going to fall under uh, the right to know law Mm -hmm. in um, in uh, under B of the, the hiring of personnel. So all those things will be done in non, non-public, you know, but what we wanted to do last night is just to let people know the process mm-hmm. that we're going to be going through over the next few months.
0: Great. And one of the issues that came up last night that um, is, is actually an interesting issue and, um, I'd like you to talk a little bit about it Uh, for those who watched last night to make sure the issue gets clarified, is the difference between a town administrator and a town manager. You know, what are the different responsibilities and and why we have one and not the other?
1: Okay. Um, Well, we have a town administrator because that's what the people have chosen. And years ago, uh, there was a study done by people in town as to what form of government... We wanted to have, and so they looked at charter, they looked at town manager, they looked at town administrator, uh, council, uh, all those different forms of manager, and and the report that came back from the people was that they felt that the town administrator was probably best. And the the primary difference between a manager and an administrator is is. Statutorily, a manager has more autonomy and, and can make more decisions independent of the board of selectmen, mm-hmm. whereas the town administrator uh, has more interaction with the, the board of selectmen and the board, therefore, are, there, are more involved in the decision-making Process okay, but
0: the board has full authority to delegate any powers it wishes that to is, to that, anyone. That whether is whether correct. Whether yeah. it's the town administrator
1: yeah. or the DPW. Director. Yeah, the the town administrator it, that that position is not defined mm-hmm. within statute. Uh, therefore, it leaves it open to the selectmen to determine whatever they want the town administrator to do, and and, and it actually has worked very well for us for decades now. Okay, great
0: good Pond, again, coincidentally, you talked about this last night, too. So what, what's, the, um, um, what's the status on that? Last, was it last year we did the first phase? Or two years
1: ago? It might have been two years ago. Two years
0: ago. Um, and I think the voters this past year approved phase two. Correct. So what's the... What's the
1: well, the status is we, we just, just a couple of days ago, we got the uh, approval of the state to go forward with the next phase of dredging. Which you know we hope to get uh, maybe another six acres, uh, five or six acres of, of dredging.
0: What what did they do in phase one? Uh, Similar to that, it, it
1: was it was around five. Okay, five I believe, five or six. Um, so you know there, there's still a number of things that have to be done in the way of permitting, working with the state fish and game, and um, land and water resources, uh, m- making sure that we do everything according to the statute. Um, so one of the things that uh, we we discussed last night was that we, we had a particular company that did the first phase of the uh, dredging. Um, we recognized recently that uh, there was another company that has expressed interest in doing that, so we are going out to bid mm-hmm. uh, on that so that uh, it gives not only those two companies, but anyone else who wants to uh, show interest uh, to put it, put in a bid for doing that.
0: Great. Now, do you anticipate, you, you may not know it to this detail, when when during phase one, I think it was during phase one, maybe, maybe I'm misremembering, and this was a, a completely different project, but uh, the pond was drained, and it was drained for six months or something. I mean, it was basically a mud flat up there. Is that going to have
1: to be done again? Well, certainly we'll have to drain the, <clears throat> the pond, but I think we're also cognizant of what we went through before. Yeah. And so we'll probably look for the right time uh, to drain the pond uh, so that.
0: Oh, so it will be drained. So I, I didn't know that. Y- you, you have to drain it in order you, to dredge you, it. You can't drop a, a crane down there and scoop it up.
1: Um, no, it, it I mean made. there. There are actually of a number of things. I think as far as even setting up the flow of water mm-hmm. to make sure that the the water at least temporarily does not flow into the area that you're dredging, mm-hmm. um, so that you're not having to deal with that. It can actually dig down. Okay, sounds good. And and do we might that start this year? Uh, we we may be able to get started. Not I don't know that we'd actually be able to start digging this Mm -hmm. year, but I think a lot can be done about uh, delineating the area up there uh, and taking into consideration uh, uh, species hatching and winter uh, uh, habit, um, uh, migration Mm -hmm. uh, and hibernation, uh, things like that. So I think there is some prep work that might be able to be done this year. Uh, My understanding is we have until uh, August 31st of next year to complete the project so there is a timeline on it but uh, whatever we can get done this year may enable us to start as early as possible next year and make sure that we're not not under a time crunch
0: great solar farm on the brox property is that still a go
1: we're still talking
0: about it okay so because it's a negotiation with, with you know, whatever the solar company is so it's it's no real progress
1: I, I, no I, news I, ter- I, I think we're, we're making progress. We're still talking.
0: Okay. That sounds fair. Uh, we already talked about oval parking. The last uh, topic I wanted to throw out here is the district court. Um, and this occurred to me driving over here this morning. Um, the new district court is open down. Yes. Right, which, which is great. And I wanted you're a, a little bit because I, I don't think it's spoken enough. It's, it's, it's a really good story because we were going to lose the court. 10 yeah. years ago or something, and through a, a few different things that happened at the board level, um, involvement with the state, Governor Lynch got involved and, and all that, and, uh, and it came out in our, in our favor. So I just wanted you to talk a little bit about what's going on with the
1: court. Okay, yeah, for uh, probably close to 20 years, Dave Wheeler had been trying to get the court uh, built in, in Milford, and uh, it wasn't until, you know, I, I get elected... Uh, And at some point, uh, you know, I kind of uh, partnered up with him while he was a senator and I was a representative in in trying to move this through. It wasn't until I got elected to the Senate and was able to uh, get on the capital budget uh, committee that uh, I was able to get the money in there to do the design work Mm -hmm. uh, for that and... Then the next year, uh, we or the next term, uh, we I happened to be chairing finance at, at the time, and uh, we we had since the design work was all done, we got the money in there for the court. But one of the things that we ran into is that the current setup with the old police barracks and the DMV, that building was going to be torn down, mm-hmm. and. I, I foresee this, foresaw the state saying, okay, everyone in Milford and the surrounding towns, to go to the DMV, you're now going to have to go to Nashua uh, for, for your registrations, and I, I saw that as a real inconvenience. So, I was able to actually work as a selectman, uh, using my connections within the state uh, to talk to uh, DMV and... We we got it set up so that uh, actually we had a, had someone from uh, Amherst that bought the old police station and was setting up uh, basically in kind of like an incubator mm-hmm. uh, business over there. But I was able to to get the state and that person together, and they arranged to have modifications made to that building so that the DMV could temporarily be there, which is you know probably only quarter, half mile mm-hmm. from, the, from the current location, but uh, kept it in Milford, which was great, but it also gave uh, this business person the opportunity to have some income to continue to renovate the building because there were extensive renovations that needed to be made. So, you know, it really was was one of those things, a great example of the state and local government working together mm-hmm. to, to solve a problem. Um all to, all to the benefit of uh, Milford and the surrounding towns. Yeah,
0: no, I agree. And actually, there's even more to it than what you said because, as I'm sure you will remember, prior to that, when the Merrimack Court was built, they wanted to close the Milford Court, and we were going to go after, after there, and there was a whole funding issue. And, and if I remember correctly, this board picked up some of the costs it, of other communities
1: to keep the court here. Yeah, I, there were other communities at, at that time that wouldn't. and In fact, at, at that time, they were... Uh, there were three courts in the state that were being uh, rented. The state was renting the space. Um, two of them happened to be in town-owned built, uh, space. I uh, think mm-hmm. uh, Claremont, I think, was one of them, and there was one, one somewhere else. But those towns gave up the rent and said, "Okay, you can just have it for nothing." Um, we we were the only ones renting privately. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you yeah, they were going to send us to Merrimack, which would have really been detrimental to, to Milford because we could have, you know, two or three policemen out of town at a time uh, sitting down in Merrimack, maybe only to have the case postponed to the later, then come back. So it just, it, it just would not have worked out well. So we, we put forward the money to keep the court uh, w- where it is and keep it in, in Milford. Uh, say there, were, there was a town or two that would not contribute to that. Milford uh, picked up the uh, the slack in that, and you know, ultimately, it's uh, it really worked out for us.
0: Great. No, that was a, a particularly
1: good story. I, I uh, like if I can, the... I might add one, one, one more thing because uh, I'm on the art committee for that court, and and another story. Go and, ahead. and we we've met once, and one of the things that we wanted to make sure that. Uh, we had in, when the court was built is that, you know, Milford is the granite town of the granite state, and so we wanted to make sure that as a court was built that there was granite, Milford granite, in, in that court uh, that represented the town. So uh, one of the things that we have been pushing for is for three three sections in, in that court. Uh, one of them that would have uh, pictures from the historical society, and we have Polly Cody. Involved in that of uh, sh- showing pictures of Milford quarrying, of, of the granite. Another one that would have the uh, all the justices of, of the district court, or it's now a circuit court, mm-hmm. uh, and then a third section that would have some type of art or pictures or whatever that represented each town. That yeah. uses uses that. So those were the things that. That you know, uh, oh, we're, nice. we're pushing for, and there will be other things there as, as well. But, uh, yeah, I was just at an opening of the uh court out in uh, Seabrook, and I noticed out there they had like the clapboard from the uh, like harborside, okay, uh, things on there. So, you know, it became characteristic of something out toward the seacoast, just as granite. Good Uh, is going to be representative of Milford.
0: That's great. Have you been down there yet? Yes. It's fully open, both the DMV and...
1: Uh, One one court is open. One court is open. I'm not sure if the DMV has moved over. I had heard that they were planning on moving over in August. I don't know if that has happened or not. Uh, But I expect that they would be moving over this year. And I believe that the second courtroom will be open at the beginning of next year. Oh,
0: that'd be good. I haven't seen it. Actually, I never saw the old court, which is a, which is a good thing. It's a I good guess. thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, we're getting running short on time here. Um, just to finish up, do uh, what are you? What are your? Do you have any future political plans? What when's your term up? You're not uh, up this terminal.
1: No, 2021.
0: 2021. I know you, you'd probably like to keep your plans close to your vest, but would, do you have any other other political aspirations besides what you've been doing?
1: Yeah, I've, I've just been keeping involved. And, you yeah. um, know, yeah, as I say, I, I, I like the challenges of things. So, you know, I'm not sure what the future will hold. Uh, right now my focus is on the challenges within the Board of Selectmen, uh, the MAC base, and the Osgood Pond, mm-hmm. Um Town administrator. I mean, a couple of them added this week, so right. um, we'll, we'll, we'll focus on that and get those done.
0: All right, super. Do you have any uh, final words? Here, anything you want to say that I think we covered? I think we covered everything that is no, hot
1: these days. You've done done a great job. Uh, no, I've uh, again certainly appreciated the invitation to be here and and to share with. Uh, those listening about uh, you know what the board of selectmen is about, what the chair does, because uh, some people do have the impression that the chair has a lot more power than it it does. Um, no, we have still just one vote uh, out of five on the board. But uh, you know we try to try to make the meetings uh, transparent, orderly, and uh, certainly invite uh, residents to to come in and you know talk to us, share their concerns and. Uh, we're here to serve you. Great. Thank you.
0: Well, thank you once again for joining us. We appreciate it. Uh, I also want to thank Chris Gentry, our GTM Media Manager. Chris has been our director, audio engineer, and all-around tech guy for this episode. Our theme music was written and performed by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. And as always, we welcome any and all feedback or suggestions for future episodes. We invite you to go to the Grandtown Media's Facebook page or leave a comment on our podcast page at soundcloud.com. So thank you again for listening, and we hope that you join us for future episodes of Inside Milford.